What's up, you dirtbags? Luke and I are back. We've got a huge episode. We've got the drinks flowing tonight. Luke, how we doing, man? Cheers, brother. What are you, uh, you what are you drinking tonight? Looks like a I, stout. Yep, we've got to plug the Guinness NA. So I don't remember if I've talked about it on the podcast, but I am alcohol free now because I made a bet with myself. Uh, it was a business revenue goal. Did not hit it. Consequence was I have to give up booze. So I am alcohol free until I hit it, which it's kind of funny because there's a lot of contractors pulling for me. And so we're getting more business. And they're like, all right, let's get Luke back up to boozing again. So, yeah, get him back to boozing. He's a lot more fun when he drinks on these. So I'll take I'm it. But um, how about uh, how about how about you? I am Willie's Bighorn Whiskey Shout with out. a little sour mix in there. Willie, our unofficial official whiskey sponsor. If they listen to this, reply to our emails, please. We'll get that restraining order soon. So. Yeah, we will. We will. Um, so introducing our guest. So this is, we're making dirt. This bags is, this history. is two time. Yes. We're making dirt bags history because we've never had a recurring guest. So this is our very first recurring guest. If you've listened to episode five ownership from your employer, you'll know why we have to have this guest on again, because so much has changed that launched July 1st. And we're going to get the whole story here. So Without further ado, we've got Dylan Mercier, D2 Contracting, in the studio. Let's go. How you doing, guys? What's up, brother? How are you doing? Good to see you guys. Good to see you too, my man. Good to see you too. I feel like, and this is weird because I feel like every guest that we have on, Luke, we have like a good connection with them. But I feel mm -hmm. like Dylan is one that we've kept in contact with all, more. I'll, you know, oh, yeah. I think Dylan and I, we talk maybe every week. You know, yeah. Snapchat, text, whatever. We hop on calls maybe every two weeks or something. So it's, it's for me, it's been a really fun relationship to grow from that first podcast. Yeah, man. It's been crazy just to, and we knew Dylan, I, I don't even remember when we first met, but after the, especially after the podcast, Luke and I were talking, we're like, this dude is awesome. And so it's, it just goes to show, you know, we've kept the relationship going. I know you went out to Fargo and hung out with Luke. Um, we went so to Medora. He, oh he, yeah, to Medora. Flew in, Shit. You, you flew into Fargo, right? And then you grabbed a truck and then you drove Good to Medora. <laughs> flew into Fargo and drove cross country to Medora. Dude, Radiator Springs of North Dakota. I'll tell you yeah. what. That's yeah. that's true friendship right there. That's that is. pretty touching. That is. That was um, a really fun trip. Although we didn't do a whole lot, it was just fun to yeah. be in that atmosphere. Yeah. It was exciting. It was exciting to say the least. It was good that's to good get out there and see what the, the black iron dirt crew does. The Western yeah. crew. It's, it's, uh, it's enlightening to watch all my buddies fucking kill it. One of my favorite like quotes, I have a pic, my favorite quotes and picture. I won't show you guys the picture cause the picture is great. But my favorite quote that Dylan told me on that trip was like, Luke, no offense to you guys, but if you guys can do this, I can do this too. And I was like, dude, <laughs> hell yeah, you can. We were, and we were talking, I don't know. I think we were doing underground that day yeah. or something. We were laying pipe and you're like, I'm not trying to be mean when I say that. I'm like, no, dude, don't, I'm, I'm there's nothing mean about that. It's so true right. though. And I still remember that. I don't know why. That yeah, was a good one. It was a good one. <laughs> so for anyone listening, I mean, if you haven't listened to the episode five, I would, I would say go listen to it because it'll give this a lot more context. Uh -huh. But um, Dylan, you aren't an employee anymore. I'm so stoked to dive into it because we're talking about this. Luke and I's number one, um, I guess, demographic or questions that we get are people that 
are either new into business, so they're a couple of years in, or they're trying to leave their full-time job and start their own business. So you did it. It's not all, you know, flowers and rainbows. So how did yeah. you start D2 contracting and what led up to that? Honestly, the, the biggest intuition starting out, and I'm just going to tell, I mean, we can put it out there now. After our first initial uh, podcast episode, episode five, I believe you said it was Luke. We talked, what do we, we probably talked for an hour, an after, hour and a half after the conversation yeah. or after the, after the podcast. Recording. And you guys are just like hammering me like, well, what are you doing? Why, why are you doing this for somebody else? It sounds like you, you've got, you know, your ducks in a row. You should be doing this for yourself. And a couple of days went by and I didn't really think anything of it. And I like, you know, of course on, you know, in real time when we were on the phone after the podcast, I was like, yeah, you know what? Yeah. Like I could do it. Let's go. Like it, it can't be that hard. Right. And, uh, I don't know, a couple days goes by, we kind of kept in touch and you guys kept bugging me like, Hey, you're going to do it. And I was like, you know what? I think I am. And, uh, it kind of, I mean, it all, it really happened like so quickly. It's hard to really explain, but I would say probably two weeks after that, that podcast dropped, I opened an LLC. I think it was the second week of July. Um, and I was actually still working for my full-time employer. Uh, I was, trying to kind of come up with a way to say, Hey, you know, I think I'm going to move on to bigger and better things. Um, and I, I can't remember exactly how it happened, but, uh, I was talking to a cat salesman about a piece of equipment and you know how the heavy equipment world is word gets around pretty quickly. So I think within like two days of talking to my salesman at cat, somehow the, uh, owner of Van Gordon Land Solutions, where I was working before I'd found out and we had a uh, conversation. It was a good conversation. I mean, it was just, you know, I'm, I'm going to go do this. You guys keep doing your, your thing. And uh, that's how it went. So then we went full time, probably like the first week of August. Cause I think I took on my first project, like the second week of August. So I did, I went into things pretty quickly. And uh, what I went into that first project was the best first project I guess you could ask for because I was way 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 in over my head and it was <laughs> fun <laughs> it was very very fun I had myself and two guys out there who had never done a lick of construction before and man was it exciting um it was probably a week-long project that took two weeks simply because you know, the experience just wasn't there. We learned a lot. We got the job done. The customer was happy and I made some money off of it. So everybody kind of won. Um, what was the first project? It was, we did that, that water, uh, water sewer hookup and ran it to that. That's right. It was a little, um, commercial build out, like a little real retail space. Uh, actually crazy enough. Cause I always preach this to people like the, I mean, in every area has this and, you know, you guys can either agree with me or not agree with me, but you always have those Facebook marketplace warriors and I'm not shooting down any of these people that do it. There's a lot of people I know that make a lot of money off Facebook marketplace. Um, you know, used to be one of them. yeah, I mean, that's how a lot of people start. And some guy had put on like a, you know, it was like a Michigan excavating and trucking page. He was like looking for a contractor to do a water sewer hookup in Detroit. And if anybody knows anything about Detroit, it's not the nicest area. And it's kind of the wild, wild west when it comes to rules. So I was like, well, that's kind of a perfect place for me to start. <laughs> Little did I know, 
the 18 inch water main was at like nine feet and the well i i knew it but i i didn't i didn't fully grasp it until you i went into it and like, i was like i can, yeah. I, can yeah. <laughs> I opened those holes up and i was like oh this is okay <laughs> um so yeah we, we we ran a fire suppression line to the to the property uh that was a four inch ductile iron fire suppression line and then a two inch uh water service line i think it was type k copper and then, like I said, we tapped the sewer and ran six inch SDR back to the property, um, put it under the footing and, and left it for the plumbers. And that was my first project. And then right into that, I went to into a basement dig, like right down the street that I had somehow managed to line up perfectly. So I had a 315 on rent that I, I basically tracked, like, I don't know, a quarter mile down the road to the next project <laughs> we just started digging the basement at the next project so it kind of worked out but like i said detroit's the wild wild west that's the only place you could get away with that if i tried to do that back home livingston county brighton area that would get you yeah that would yeah. not be good our track in a 315 even if it had rubber pads down the road somebody'd be like what are you doing yeah they'd, um, call, they'd call you in for sure they didn't say with fargo oh, but yeah. that was the first project and that was that was a project too where i met a contractor i still do a lot of work with i, I really big solidified contractor in our area i still do a lot of work with now so it was like a blessing in disguise um they kind of almost i wouldn't say they like respect respect probably isn't the right word but they were they admired the fact that i that myself and the two people i brought out there jumped into something like that because it's not yeah, yeah it's not something especially you know any water sewer hookups i was used to doing i was used to you know digging up the stop box or like, or finding the, you know, the inverts. I, I had never dug down to a sewer main or a water main. I, I had never seen an 18 inch ductile iron water main until that day. I had no idea what they looked like. Um, I so by it, doing, which is cool. Yeah, that, that, and, and that's where I was like, whoa, this stuff is like, this is sweet. Like, I really like this stuff. And so I got started doing some more things with that contractor and, and started doing some sub work for them. And that's how I got into like the water main stuff. And that's kind of how it's all progressively taken off. It's exciting. Hell yeah. So from, from like the start, I remember after that podcast, we were grilling, you know, we were like, dude, like, yeah. you know, good for you for giving your all to this guy, but like, why aren't you doing it yourself? Like, I yeah. remember that conversation. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's a good guy and he means well. And then like a week later, you're like, yeah, I think I'm going to start my own. <laughs> yep, yep. That's exactly how it went. All, all it takes is a little push. And and yep. there's 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 three people I really um, like give a lot of the credit to. And two of them are you guys. So thank you. You guys, you guys really helped me out. And I Dude, appreciate really, yeah. the, the push because who knows where I'd be if if you know had we never done that podcast i mm -hmm. i don't know where i'd be i don't know where i'm yeah. gonna be i'm just yeah. that way. dylan do you do you hate that that episode is out there i do yeah <laughs> oh, I, I absolutely hate it it's uh yeah it, it, that was my second podcast believe it or not and it sounds like my first um i like to think i have gotten a little bit better at because i don't know being on camera and, and talking and really, you know, sharing insightful information to people isn't as easy as it seems. Like everybody probably thinks like, Oh yeah, you know, put me in front of the camera. I can talk. And it's, yeah. it definitely comes over time. And I can tell you, like, I probably listened to like 15 minutes of that podcast and was like, <laughs> yeah, 
but I, I you know it's 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 my history yeah. and it's made me so I can't yeah it it is but, what it is and I always yeah. thought that I always thought that I was going to get a text from you being like hey man like do you mind if we like take that episode down I was just going to say no because yeah. it's his it's history like yeah. Luke yeah. And, Luke and I have yeah. some podcasts up from the original phaser Friday like and we should two, really probably take those ones down like two years ago and they're still picking up searches like today and I'm like uh I don't know please don't listen to those like yeah don't 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 waste your time with any of those honestly your guys is mine it's right so with all that yeah check out dylan's episode and yeah episode five (laughs) two years ago link link link, will be in my bio yeah Yeah, link in bio that's funny i think my favorite part about that episode and obviously the one now is just to show the progression because like we were kind of talking about earlier year one, you know, not even year one, you know, you started, you know, August, right. And it's December 16th right now, the amount of like work and projects that you have taken on that not just anybody could do that in a year one or, you know, even like a seven to six month time frame, right. Yeah. How did, you know, how did that kind of come about? What, what did you do? You know, obviously you don't have to give away all of your secrets, but yeah. you know, how did, how did that happen? I'll be honest with you, a, a lot of where my work comes from is me leveraging personal business relationships I have from the past, from the present. And I mean, I'll leverage a business relationship I made yesterday, tomorrow. Like yeah. it's one of the biggest. And so many people have a hard time kind of understanding that. Like you could tell, you know, the average person that like, oh yeah, you need to leverage your business relationships. You need to be talking to the right people. You need to be presenting yourself correctly. You need to, you also, but at the same time, you need to know what you're talking about, um, which I've always kind of as much. You have your background in it, right? You went to school for it. You've been in the industry. And I was going to say as much as I don't like to admit it, like college did help me a lot. And I think that's, and that's also where I, you know, really grew my network in, a, in the construction industry, in a commercial space. Um, the amount of people that I met in a four-year time frame doing that, I, I still, I do work for all those people currently. So that's what really helped me is my network and my ambition that it may be a little like over the top sometimes. I may, you know, make some dumb decisions um, from a accepting a job standpoint like i may i'm probably taking on some jobs that would not be smart for someone to take on four or five six months into business but i'm accepting the risks and accepting all you know the responsibility that comes with it if i fail you know what's the worst that could happen i say i fail and try again like there's really to me there's no i don't know there's just no there there is no failure to me i i could fuck up 20 times and i'm still gonna keep just slowly going up really growing yeah. up yeah dylan i want i want to challenge you to go a little bit further on leveraging your business relationship so for somebody listening you know and i totally agree i think you're set up very well with those relationships so for somebody that may feel like they don't have those relationships how can they leverage their past relationships or go out and get some new ones and then what would they do to leverage those yeah so i'd say the first place i'd start um, your family tree, right? So mm-hmm. your parents, your aunts, your uncles, your cousins, your grandpa, grandmas, 
you need to be talking to all those people. My parents, I, me I remember like the first day I was full time with D2, the, the first thing I did was go to my both my parents and say, I want, I went to my dad, I said, because you know, you're, you're around your parents enough, you, you pick up on things like my dad has buddies who are pretty big contractors, my mom yeah. has some friends that, you know, may know somebody and I, I went to my dad, I said, I want this guy's number. Can you give me this guy's number? And can you give me this guy's number? And I'm not expecting work from them. Yeah. But to me, all I need to do is call them, put it in their ear. Hey, I don't know, Bill, you know, it's Dylan, Mark's son. Um, you know, I, I mean, and I can word it exactly. Uh, let, let, let's give out some information to the people, I guess. Yeah, uh, I, uh, yeah let's uh, dish it out. Uh, come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Take yeah. another drink. Take another drink. Come on. <laughs> um, you know, like Bill, hey, it's Dylan with D2 Contracting. Uh, it's Mark's son. I'm probably going to start with, I know, you know, you, you've got a, com a company you use for all your site work, um, but would you mind putting me in touch with the owner of that company? And, and nine times out of 10, most people are going to be like, sure, what the hell do I have to lose? I mean, yeah. they might call the person up and team up for me. Like, Hey, Al at, at so-and-so excavating, I got this kid. He called me. He's a good family friend of mine. Just chat with him on the phone if he wants to take you out for coffee or something, just go do it. Yeah. And that's a lot of what I do. I walk into businesses. I dude, I, it's almost like, I bet you sometimes it's almost considered like stalking what I have to do. Like today, for example, I found a site work project, um, through a third party site. I use, uh, the company that is the GC on the project, I don't know very well. I know their name. I, I know about them. So the first thing I did was go to LinkedIn and because I knew connected with somebody at Ronish Construction Group just from, I don't know, probably back from like the Eastern days, honestly, from school. And that's another thing going back to school. When you go to school for a construction management degree, you're around like, I don't know how many kids I graduated with in that program, but you're around like, you know, at least two, 300 kids a day in those classes who are all going to go get jobs at companies like that. So you need to go back, you know, and I find myself doing this all the time. I'll be like sitting on my phone, just scrolling through my contacts, like who would know this person or how could I get a hold of that person? Um, so that's kind of, you know, what I do. And going back to my story, I, today, I, I knew that this kid worked at Ronish. I sent him a, a message on LinkedIn. I was just like, Hey dude, like, you guys have a site work contractor for um, this project up in Heartland. And he's like, yeah, we do. But um, email my, the chief estimator, which would be his boss, email my boss and just kind of tell him that you're looking to do like smaller one, two acre site work projects. Cause we don't really have anybody right now. And the company we use for our bigger projects kind of like shrugs those off. And that's the thing with today's economy right now, everybody is trying to get in as much work as possible before this down downturn comes that everybody's talking about so these big guys and all these big players are not even paying they're attention loading their schedule jobs yeah they're loading their schedule with these you know five six ten twenty million dollar projects and these little two hundred three hundred thousand dollar four hundred thousand dollar jobs are just slipping through the cracks and i'm right yep. there just waiting for them to fall in my lap pretty much so he puts me in touch with the chief estimator i email him and he's like yeah actually we are looking for like a smaller site work contractor so this could probably work out we'll put you on our bid list and the next project we have we'll at least let you throw a number at it and i was like perfect that's all i need because i know i'll come in under everybody that's and that's all you got to do and i don't yeah. mean and i'm not and i'm not telling you to go under bid 
people, that's not the way to do it. You have to make sure you know what you're doing when you're estimating a project that's, I mean, shoot, even a $2,500 project, you could royally screw up if you don't know what you're doing estimating. Thankfully, I have a good background in estimating. I feel confident when I put these numbers together, like, and a lot of times too, I'll know who I'm bidding against. It's like, okay, you know, the, the XYZ company, I know they're going to be 60 grand higher than me because yep. they've got to pay to keep that office mm-hmm. busy. Who's estimating all these projects when it's just me estimating the projects at 10 o'clock at night after working all day. Fuck yeah. You can take work. it off yeah. the top. Yeah. So and it's not free, but you, you get what you, you're, hopefully you're catching the, yep. the, uh, the drift there. Um, I mean, how else could I get into the leveraging relationships? And that's another thing too. Like, even if you don't really have to necessarily leverage relationships either, it's still good to call other people that you've never worked with before yeah. and tell them, that, you know, give them the same kind of spiel. Like, Hey, I want to learn this stuff. I'm not super well-rounded. For example, the water mains. Once I did that first project where we tapped that 18 inch main, I was like, this is cool. I want to yeah. do this. So the first thing I did was call the, the company I had who came out to do the tap because they, they, I couldn't do the tap because I was not licensed. You had to have, you had to be bonded to do a tap in the city of Detroit. And I, I, I mean, I, I probably had an insurance policy pulled like two days before that project. <laughs> I remember, right? So, so bonding was the last thing on my mind. So I was like, all right, I know exactly who to call. Yep. I'm going to come out here to do the tap. And from the day they left that project, I, I think within three days, I showed up at their office and was like, you guys got any extra work you don't want? And they were like, yeah, we actually do. Like, there's so many little things that we get that we just do not want. Because right now, in today's world, everybody's chasing after the, the, the big bucks. They're not paying attention to these small jobs, and they're slipping through the cracks. And I am just, it's a feeding frenzy. There to scoop them up. Yeah. It's- you're so right on just everybody's looking at out on the big fish right now. We had an instance on the same thing, but it actually turned out to be a really big project that we bid, but it was very small for this contractor to the, where they're like, we don't have the resources for it. We just, we would just rather have somebody else do it. So we don't get ourselves in trouble too. So I was like, yeah. hell yeah, we'll, we'll take it any day. Yeah. As, as long yeah. as you know that you can take on the risk and you have people willing to back you from a financial standpoint, why not take on the risk? What's the yep. worst you have to lose? Um, yeah, Dylan. And it's interesting too, because, you know, when you say like a small project, it depends on who you're talking to because yeah. Uh, somebody, yeah, somebody just starting out in their business and that's a $400,000 bid. They're just like, most likely like, hell yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll take it if, if they yeah. can fulfill the work. But somebody that's been doing it for 20 years, that's doing these $20 million jobs, a two, you know, $250,000 bid, they're probably not even going to take that you know so it's it's interesting like it depends on who you're talking to where yeah if you're if you're a contractor that can get it done and you're doing 500,000 a year and it can take you up to that next notch that next level i mean you can definitely go get those and pick them up and i feel like that's going to the source of where these projects are coming from instead of yep. just trying to go d to c and like direct to the consumer and get all these one off projects like who would be that one source. And I'm, I guess it's not really a question, but, um, you know, finding that one source that is pumping out these smaller projects or getting these leads, showing them like, Hey, this is what I do. I can help you. I can add value to you if I, I'll take these off your hands. And a lot of times as you've seen, as you've seen, it works. 
yeah, 95% of the time it does. There's also a lot of, not a lot. There's, there's also that 5%, you know, margin that there's, and don't, and, and if somebody out there goes to try this, do not let somebody, do not let that 5%, you know, kind of discriminate you from doing yeah. something like that because you'll get some nasty, nasty people on the phone, man. You'll, you'll, you'll get like, you know, mother effed off the phone. Like the fuck you think you are calling me asking for my work? Like, trust me, I've got it. It's, and I, you know, granted I've been doing it for two years. Cause if I wasn't doing it for D2, I was doing it for somebody else. So I'm used to it. I can take that. I can be like, okay, bud, yeah. like, why don't you just relax? Get off your high horse. Yeah. Okay. You're, you're the coolest guy, you know, we get it. So don't, that's one thing that, you know, I'm sure everybody tries at first, like, oh yeah, like I'll just reach out to this person. And there's probably a lot of people out there who get those, you know, first three or four nasty phone calls. And they're like, screw this. I'd rather just sit around and wait for the work to come in. And that's not that's what you can't do. Yeah. yeah. I feel like if, if you sit and wait for it, you're going to screw yourself. Yeah. But that also, yeah, I mean, yes and no. I mean, if it depends on how quickly you want to grow. If you really do just want to be that guy that, you know, does a job here and there and you are just kind of waiting for referral work, that's fine. A lot of people have done really well doing that. That's just not me. Because nope. if I did that, I'd be, you know, doing final grade for, you know, a new yard install or, or a boulder wall. Not to say I wouldn't do that. I just, when I started this, I told myself, I was like, and I know a lot of people will argue that the residential industry, you know, helps with your cash flow in the commercial space, <clears throat> in the municipal work. But, but if you can find somebody, like I said, who can back you financially, who will trust you to go in, perform the work, do it correctly, and they can make money off you nine times out of 10, they're going to be like, okay. And, and when you, when you say someone backing you, you're talking like a trade partner, uh, trade, like, partner. like another, like another company that like, Hey, if I do this work for you, can I scratch your back and you scratch mine? Right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, another contractor, uh, even like I I've gotten to know in the last two months, a, and this is, it's crazy how it all comes full circle. I've gotten to know a really well-established financial advisor uh, in the city of Brighton, where I'm from. And turns out, you know, and it, and it all came from a, from a reaching higher class, which is, it's a group here that I'm a part of. And it's basically, it's like a leadership group. Um, so that's another thing, go out and, you know, join the chamber of commerce, join these leadership groups, find these business owners, find out where they hang out. But I met this financial advisor through reaching higher. And now I'm getting these lines of credits to go purchase, you know, a hundred grand worth of materials, 75 grand worth of materials, 40 grand worth of materials. I couldn't even purchase 10 grand worth of materials. I like, so you have to, like I, I mean, like we, you got to develop those relationships after it's all about relationships. It's all about it. And yep. you can get by without them, but to me, that's the biggest thing. And it's helped me to this point. So. Yeah. Dylan, as I think that this will bring up a good point and something I wanted to talk about too, you know, so you went through your first six months here and we're talking about, you know, getting jobs and doing all this. And it feels like as we're in December right now, you're kind of setting your feet and looking ahead to the new year. Yep. Any, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you're looking at goals and like targets and things like that. Anything that sticks out to you or what, what are you looking to do in, in 2023? <laughs> so 
2023, yeah, 2023 is going to be a very interesting year. I wish I could tell you how I think it's going to go, but I truly can't. Um, my between now and the end of January, and I could, I can just you know flat out say this: I probably have two jobs. One of them is for an electrical contractor. Uh, we're setting some pole bases for light poles. We're setting some transformer pads and we're doing, I don't know, probably a thousand linear feet of trenching. I have a demo job and that's really it. So my plan, and that could all change because again, my biggest thing every day is to get on the phone, call people. And actually I stole this from Will Schuler back in, and this is a again, kind of crazy how it all worked out. He put a podcast out, like that kind of pumped me up to start my own business uh, with Aaron Witt. I don't know, that was probably back in July or June or whatever too. And he said, when he started his business, he called five people every day. Since I started D2, if it's a weekday, Monday through Friday, I call five of the most random motherfuckers that I can find. And whether that's through third-party sites or Google or literally just searching like, you know, GC near me. Um, But going back to goals, Honestly, I've been meaning to sit down and kind of, you know, really figure out, okay, what exactly do I think we can do? Where do I think we want to be? You know, how many guys am I going to take on in the spring? Because that's another thing that's really been like in the back of my head, because at some point I'm going to have to kind of like step away from it and let it become a moving beast and allow people to kind of I guess what how would be a good way to say this kind of create their own paths within yep. deep contracting like and everybody that's worked for me up until this point and I've had a lot of people reach out for jobs too which is awesome mm. but everything that's worked up worked for me up to this point is I've just told people like the ball's in your court whatever you want to do feel free I like if you and I, I've got one guy now he's awesome like I'll like I don't, what was it? Two Sundays ago, we were, we worked like Monday through Sunday. He was here the whole week. We worked Monday through Sunday. And I asked him like, do you want to work on Saturday and Sundays? Like we may as well, what else are we going to do? Like we got to build this business somehow. So like, I've got to really like let people kind of form, you know, their own personality within the company, figure out how they want to do things. Um, and that's going to be semi challenging for me just cause I do like to kind of have my hands and everything, but that's one thing that I'm going to learn to get better with over time. I'm sure I'll have employees now that I won't have in five years because I'm just, that's just the learning curve and it is what it is. Um, but from a goal standpoint, I can tell you right now, if, and I, and, and we'll, we'll step back even further when, when I took on that first job, I think it was the first week of August, like we talked about. I, and I've got a note somewhere. I told myself, if I don't make 250 grand before the year breaks. I'm it just, it's a failure to me. And I think we hit that the, we did. So we finished that job up in Port Huron. So it would have been the first week of December. We hit that. We dug a like $7,000 basement and I hit it and I was like, holy shit. Fuck yeah. Like, I never, ever thought, no, that's, and you know, it, it costs 240 grand to go make 250 grand. So don't let that, but it honestly, if going into the new year, 2023, to me, like if I don't at least go do a million, like, I don't think that 
I accomplish what I can accomplish. Yeah. The, the work we're bidding that, you know, I mean, I'm bidding at least a job a day. Yep. Finding the time to do that is the hardest part, but they've got it. I mean, and it's at that point, it become a numbers game, right? Like, okay, you're going to bid 10 jobs. You're only going to get one of them. Mm-hmm. You might get two of them. You might get three of them. And if you're really lucky, you'll get four or five, yep. but it's kind of like up in the air and we'll have to, I'll have to, we'll have to circle back on that one as yep. the, the white house press would say. It will um, circle back on I'll that question. Circle back on that question. Cause I truly yeah. don't have a good answer for you yet. And I, I really need, and that's been in the back of my mind. I just haven't had the time, but I think the biggest thing would be the, the million dollar mark, I think is hundred percent doable. And a lot of people may look at this and be like, dude, you're out of your mind, but no, I not right. at all. Dude. I, I, so at all. I yeah. yeah. If if I were to if I was gonna say if I was a betting man, but we everybody knows that I'm a fucking betting man. Yeah. I would yeah, I would I, I would put a thousand bucks that you hit a million in 2023. I have no doubt about it. Just from the conversations that we've had, um, and just what I've seen. Yeah, I I, I would have zero doubts. And yeah, where and, it goes from there, I have no idea. I, I yeah, truly yeah. Exactly. And Dylan, I think it is important because like having a goal like that, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just like, it, if that means you're netting 400,000 or 10,000 of it, yeah. it, that part doesn't matter, but you, you do need those goals in place, in my opinion, so that you're like shooting for something. Yep. And I love to have, no matter what anyone else thinks, I love to have a revenue goal in my head. Like whether it's, you know, usually I go by the quarter. So every three months, what revenue goal am I trying to hit? And that just helps me, you know, stay on track with like, there's all the good stuff that happens, all this other stuff. But it's like, at the end of the day, it is sales and you need to sell to run a business and then you got to make the numbers work as well. So, um, yeah, I think having that goal is just one piece of like the whole, you know, all the goals that you'll set for next year. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I'm excited to see where things go. It's, I don't know. The chaos is fun. We, you guys had a. Well, there was a title of a podcast, something about chaos, organized chaos, something. You're wearing the fucker's sweatshirt. Who yeah. was that with Taylor? I shouldn't say that in like a mean way because I actually really like Taylor. But the beef on TikTok, people think that I fucking hate him. I'm like, no, I don't hate him. Yeah, it was uh, it was running on chaos. It was yeah. Luke. That was credit to Luke. I mean, he he came up with that. He was on a dry spell, you know, for a few episodes, and all of a sudden, like, he throws that in the group message. He's like, running on chaos. I'm like, that was. Perfect. I think and I've had like the last three titles though. You have. Yeah. No, I had, I, I mean, this is an easy one, but I had separation season, but oh, yeah, I knew did. that I knew that was going to be the title yeah. the whole time. Yep. One wow. clap for Luke. Way to go. Good job, Luke. I got this one. Anyway, Thanks, back, back to Dylan here, Luke. Back to Dylan. So going with like goals, Dylan, and I know this is very different depending on who you are. And obviously I feel like I know your personality pretty well. But let's talk about new business stressors, right? When you when you started your business, did you, I don't want to say think, but did you have kind of an idea of the stress that comes with it? No. Yes and no. The what Where I'm really lucky is I got to witness firsthand the stress and turmoil within my family for 10, the last... 15, 20 years because yep. my parents are business owners. So I, I was there at the kitchen table, you know, the, the, the five o'clock dinners where my parents look like they're going to kill each other from across the table. Right. Cause they work together or, you know, 
my dad showing back you know showing up at home at nine o'clock at night because he's just been gone you know doing whatever he needs to be doing or you know vice versa so I've seen it I've been around it but to truly feel the the gut-wrenching pain yeah (laughs) is another thing you can always like everybody always says like oh yeah like you you can pretend that you you know you understand how that person feels right every everybody feels things differently everybody you know reacts to things differently but I didn't really like I and you you know I always had the stress of like meeting schedules regardless of where I was or or you know providing a good service regardless of where I was and doing the right things like there's a lot of stress involved with that too but when it's all on you like when it's on you to keep guys busy when it's on you to you know I mean there's there's so many there we could talk we could have a whole episode about this but just on the stress yeah it's totally totally different and I and one of the craziest things and and I will openly admit this like and it sucks because I have all these friends who are successful. I have, you know, you guys, I have Taylor, I have all these other friends in the industry who, who, you know, who've got the equipment, they've, they've made a name for themselves. They've got the trucks, they've got the guys, you know, everything looks great from the outside looking in. And the first like two months, that was really, really hard for me. Like it was hard. And, and that may sound like fucked up, but like, it's hard to, you know, see my buddy Luke with a 315, a you know, what was a 317 that I know you don't have it anymore. What do you have out in Medora? The 316, 317? Oh, 316, yep. Or, or, you know, like just it's hard to see all these people like, man, I, I want to be that tomorrow, mm-hmm. right? So you get all, you get that ambitious, like, oh, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to go bid this million dollar job. And you kind of get like, um, I'm not going to word it how. You, 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 start, you start thinking with, you know, with your thinking with the thinking with your head, but it's, yeah, you know, it's the wrong head. Yeah. Dude, I get equipment boners all the time. I'll fucking yeah, say that yeah. on the podcast. <laughs> so, I'll, you know, two weeks in, I'm, I'm looking at equipment like, oh, I'm going to go buy this. Like, I need this. And I still to this day don't own a piece of equipment. And I'll openly admit that. And that's because I've made good relationships where I can pretty much go pick up uh, any piece of equipment from an excavator standpoint, all the way down, all the way from a 336 to a 303. So yep. like that's helped me exponentially. And before I had access to that equipment at rates that I can't even like the rates I'm getting for that from a rental standpoint is, you know, it's outrageous. Actually, the, the, the favors that people have done for me to see me do well is what's really helped me now and it's driving that success even further because I like I said I have people backing me but the first two months really like sitting in that position like man I want to be this tomorrow that was the hardest thing for me to accept is like as fast as you want to grow and as fast like you know you want to have these cool TikToks and Instagram reels and Mm -hmm. you know you want to be snapchatting all your buddies like look at this fucking thing I just got like fuck off like I don't see you with this right yeah flex on them a little bit yeah like just it was hard and it's still, I mean, I'm still like, sometimes just like, God damn it. Like, I just fucking want one thing, like just one thing, but it's just not, I w- wouldn't have been able to do the things I've been able to do this fall had I taken on a, you know, a payment for a piece of equipment because, you know, there was a week or two here or there where we sat bone dry, mm-hmm. not doing anything. So like, it, it, I mean, that's part of building though, right? It, 
it, coming from again, we'll we'll call it the year one, right? That's what you're supposed to do. I feel like you are supposed to, you know, develop your the relationships like you had said, but really kind of figure out how they can work for you, which you have. And that is with the equipment piece. That is the work piece. You know, I personally, if I didn't have to own equipment right now, looking back, I probably wouldn't own any equipment. If I can rent for a really good rate and not have to worry about it later, fuck yeah, I'd do that. Yeah. Well, and that's what I figured out. Now I'm like, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, crunching these numbers and, and comparing bids to other companies who I'm bidding up against from, you know, bid tabs once the project, once the bid tabs get released after everybody's bid it. I'm comparing numbers and I'm like, holy shit. Like, I, I can compete. I can mm-hmm. still, you know, make still money, make money. And I don't have to own any of this. Like mm-hmm. I can get four pieces of rental equipment dropped off at a job site and still be within the same ballpark as a company that, you know, uses a 1995, Correct. like 314 and like, yep. you know, like a, just a clapped out loader. And, and dude, if you're doing it that way with paid off Good for credit, you, right. Good for you. Whatever. You're making more money. Yep. You know, but everybody likes new iron, right? Everybody like, oh, you know, that, that black 315 or the whatever. I will. Well, there, there is something to say about, you know, putting your own spice on things, right? And if you can do it, do it, but don't, you know, don't overcommit yourself to something just because you want it. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it was a really hard pill to swallow. Mm-hmm. And whether that's the, you know, whether I should openly admit that or not, I don't know, but I'm going to it but I've learned and I'm learning more every day. Like, Holy shit. Like just using, and another thing too, like subbing people out for jobs, I've realized like, Holy cow, I can pretty much do all the work for somebody who just isn't capable of getting a project like this Mm -hmm. and give it to them. If I trust the fact that they can do the project successfully, it's like, all right. I mean, then I can have, that's, that's a way for me to have two projects going at one time. I'm not renting because it, it, that's where I'd really get caught up and and really you know tied up as if I'm running two projects at the same time with four pieces of rental equipment on each project. Yeah, that would really like that. That's where that rent expensive. doesn't make sense. Yeah, but if I've got one project with some rented equipment on it, and I got another project with a company out there who's got their own equipment, you know, they're they're making most of the cheese, but I'm yep. still making something. Like it's worth my while. And it's hundred percent. And you're also learning the process too, right? You know, learning how to do it, learning the ins and outs. And it's, you know, I don't want to say you're learning on their dime, right. But you know, you're, you're learning by using their work to them. You know, you're, you, you're learning while using them as a connection to where if you need help, you know, they'll give it to you. Yeah. Yeah. That dude. Ha- Sorry. I got this fucking piece of hair right here. I can't, oh, there yeah. we go. <laughs> Anyways. Where was I going with that? Yeah, you just like using help <clears throat> and everybody always wants to say like, oh, I'm self-made, self-made yep. this, self-made that. Like, dude, without all the help I've had from other people and and like, and there's been some jobs I've been on where I had to call, you know, so-and-so company out there and be like, dude, I need help. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I just need help. And, Even like advice, like when you say I need help, you know, I feel like advice is a huge yeah. help and not to be scared to ask it. Yeah, that's one. Yeah, like I am the, and that was that was a really hard thing for me too, for like, especially starting out is like, you have to like ask for help. You have to ask questions and you have to like, you have to kind of just like suck up your ego a little bit and just be like, all right, like, dude, I don't know how to do this. Mm-hmm. And 
the responses you, you, a lot of people would be amazed at the response you get from that. Like, and I told that to the, the first project I did going back to that water main and the sewer tap, <laughs> the, the GC where there was a pre-con meeting. So it was me and a couple other uh, trades that he had on site. And it was the first day we had started. We were still waiting for the 315 to get dropped off by cat. And uh, we're kind of all standing there and everybody kind of dispersed. And I looked at him and he's like, you ready? And I was like, yeah, I am. And he's like, you all right. And I was like, Listen, <laughs> Listen. I want to be, be honest with you. Um, this is going to be a little difficult for us. And, I, and, and I'm just telling you the truth now. I'm not going to screw anything up. Yep. We're going to figure it out. It may take me three or four more days than it should. But if you just be patient with me and allow us to kind of figure it out as we go, I promise you will get a quality of service that anybody else would give you, if not better. And the guy was like, dude you're sounds good. good yeah thanks for getting sure. it done yeah like and, and i mean it's just crazy i could never like two years ago if i would have told somebody like i could never like even picture myself telling somebody out on a job site as a superintendent at like a 12 you know when i was doing i was supering a 12 million dollar middle school renovation in eight weeks if i had looked at a you know a trade contractor at that job site as a superintendent and been like i don't know what the fuck i'm doing they would i mean i would have been chastised right yeah. but looking back at that i wish i would have looked at some of those trades and been like you guys got to explain this to me more because i'm i don't know what you're even talking about correct yep and i wish and i would have done that it's okay to ask that question to where yeah. i feel like it's kind of a forbidden question that people are like oh if you ask that you're nixed you're outed see you later you can't be in the contra contracting world anymore which our industry you know, you have to be able to take the heat and you have to be able to take the shit. The, one of the companies I do the most work with, they still like, they, 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 they have this ongoing joke. Every time they pick up my phone calls, regardless of who it is, I don't care if it's the owner, the owner's son, or like somebody else, you know, who's like a foreman at this site. Cause I do a lot of work with them. Every time they pick up the phone, they're like D2 estimating. What's up? Like, <laughs> what's up right? They're just like, Oh, you can get all this work, but you don't know how to fucking do it. And it's, <laughs> Yeah, well, that's what I got you guys for, right? Yeah, that's why. That's why I know you guys. That's funny. <laughs> my company's name is D two Estimating and not D two Contracting. That's fucking. I funny. always tell them, I'm like, you guys just fucking wait. I swear, give me, give me two years, give me yeah. three. Get, let me get some guys in here that know what they're doing, and you guys are gonna really like, you know, you it, guys are gonna be coming to me for work. Yeah, yeah it'll yeah. be funny how it all plays out, and uh, it's D two Estimating. It's yeah, fun. and, and it, it will all play out too. And like, you got to take the heat too. And it's just like, don't take yourself too seriously because it's going to come, you know? Yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. And at the end of the day, like this, this industry is, you know, everybody is all big and bad and tough and everything's always serious. You know, I know there's the, you know, the horseplay and the joking around on job sites, but if you can truly be like genuine with somebody and just, like I said, just tell them like, I need help really bad. Yep. Like, I'm going to tuck my tail between my legs and I'm probably going to lose some money on this, but yep. I need you to help me. Yep. And it's, I don't know, it works. We call, we call that our tuition. If we, if we lose money on something that we're doing, whatever we lost is the money that it cost us to learn how to not to do that again. Because you know what's going to happen? The next time you go to do that, the next time you go to, like, I remember the first hydrant I installed. I told, you know, I told him, oh, I got this. Like, it's you fucking, it up, it's, screw it on and you're good. Yeah, it's two Megalugs, you know, <laughs> a ductile iron 90, we're good. 
and, uh, and here I am thinking the fire hydrant comes all in one piece because up until then, every hydrant I saw came in one piece. One piece, yeah. This hydrant shows up from the water, the water authority, and I have to put it together. And I'm like, oh my You're like, god, where are the instructions? Are they are they yeah. in like a box in the paper? I, I just remember the guy looking at me like, are you like you, you got this right? And I was like, yeah, yeah, we're good. Just yeah, don't worry about it. Too late. Thanks for dropping it off. I think, I think it took us a full day to put it together. Like we, I don't even think we put a bucket into the ground because we're just sitting there like, okay, like, how are we gonna do this? But now, now I know. Like, I, I could, I think I could put one together with my eyes closed. Now, could I actually? Probably not, but I think I can. What are some of the qualities that you look for? You know, maybe somebody that is working for somebody, maybe they're not happy, but they can maybe take steps or these steps to maybe grow within the company or create that opportunity, you know, give us what that looks like for you. Like what would, what would those steps look like for you to be like, I need to do whatever I can to keep this guy. Yeah. So the biggest thing about being a leader and whether or not you're a leader and you're put in a leadership position, it's your choice to act on it. So if you're not a leader, you should probably figure out how to be a leader. And again, that goes back to like leadership classes. Like I talked about, um leadership is a trait that a lot of people possess just probably genetically that might be not the right term but I think I was kind of born with more of a leadership mentality so it helps me but the biggest thing about being a leader is you have to know like you have to be able to understand people you have to be able to look at somebody and say okay like this guy and it's not knocking anybody like this guy truly wants to work you know seven to five five days a week. He's, you know, he doesn't want to work Saturdays. He most certainly doesn't want to work Sundays and that's fine. I'm not asking anybody to work Sundays starting out. We've had to, because it is what it is. I have schedules to meet and it's me and three other guys usually. Yeah. But you have to really understand the person before you can kind of take them on. And I've done this actually with, and I've been really lucky because again, I have friends like you guys, I have friends like Taylor, I have friends in the industry that have allowed me to kind of almost step back into the social media sphere mm-hmm. without really skipping a beat. And in turn, I've had a lot of people reach out to me via DM, yep. TikTok comments. I mean, or, or just straight up like calling me and saying like, Hey, can I have a job. And yep. I've, and there's been a couple people where, you know, I've told them, eh, not yet, but please call me back in six months. Like let's find a place for you. And some of these kids are, and it's crazy because some of these kids are like 18 year old kids who just graduated high school. They send me a resume off my website that Luke built, which is flawless, by the way. Let's let's all um, give a congrats to Luke there yeah. at Facebook Marketing. But I've gotten resumes sent to me from kids that just graduated high school or like this kid that graduated high school early. So he's going to be done with school probably today, I would assume, is when all the high schoolers go on break. So he's going into January 1 as a as a fresh out of high school one semester early 18 year old looking for a full-time job in the excavating world has zero experience doesn't know doesn't know shit about fuck mm-hmm. right that's that I, I and i've had ruth, somebody that that's a me. ruth quote <laughs> yeah. and uh and i told him like dude the fact that you you know and i and i asked him too like how many where'd you apply and he's like well i sent you a resume and like some other like giant company and i'm like dude like one of these yeah like you're gonna get you're gonna be a union operator with amazing benefits and don't get me started on unions i live in a unionized state this is a democratic state it is what it is but 
that's if if you truly want to start out in the heavy equipment world in our state, that's probably the best route to go because you're just not, if, if you want to, and you can start with those small companies, but you're not going to get those benefits. And maybe it is a good time to start with those small companies because you're still on your parents' insurance policy. Your parents are probably still paying your phone bill and kind of helping you out here and there with gas. So yep. you could probably get by with one of those smaller companies. But if it were me looking to get in the heavy equipment world, I'd join the unions op or the uh, operators yeah. right yeah. away yeah. because it's, and you're going to learn and somebody's going to teach you how well they're going to teach you. I don't know. But again, going off on a tangent. So I have these kids reach out to me and I kind of have to tell them like, I'm sorry, like call me in six months. And that's been kind of the spiel I've given a lot of people, but I've had a lot of people also reach out to me who are probably more qualified in a sense on a job site than I am. And I'm like, Holy shit, I have to give this guy the opportunity. Right. Mm -hmm. so, and I tell the same person or I tell, each person the same thing and i think i'm really going to use it moving forward and it's basically all right like figure out if because most of these kids still have jobs and they're just kind of like oh i want to work i'd rather work for you like i want to grow a company i want to see a company grow and i'm like great i love that find a day you can work i'll give you days that we're going to be out on a site just come out there Let's yep. just be out there. I don't want to go meet over lunch. I don't want to go meet over a beer. I don't want to go grab pizza. Just come out to the job site. And the first thing I do, I've, I've had two kids show up. One was a kid I went to high school with and we never, you know, spoke in high school. I, I mean, and, and I don't mean that in like a derogatory way. I just graduated with five, 600 kids. Like that's yep. just bound to happen. Just in high school. Weren't in the same classes, different sports. Yeah. Different passings. So this kid's like, yeah, I'm, I, I've, I've been running equipment for five years since we basically got out of high school. Like, let me come try it out. And I was like, all right, come out to the site. Let's talk. First thing I do, I'm like, get in that machine <laughs> and yeah, see what you can do. I like that. They're like, what? And, and I'm like, Who, whoever I've got running the machine at that time, whether it's me or somebody else, I'm like, get out, let him get in. And, you know, with, without a ton of direction and maybe this, this, obviously this method will need some tweaking as time goes on. Right. You know, you've got to account for safety and whether or not you should put somebody in a machine that you've never seen in a machine before on a job site that's open for discussion from a liability standpoint. But, you know, I, I told the kid, I was like, get in the machine. And he was like, all right, like I've never. And, you know, I think his excuse was like, I've never ran a, a John Deere excavator before. I've never ran a Deere 160. I was like, I don't care. They're the, same as, they're the same as a cat. They're the same as a like, Fucking pull the in. levers, guy. The kid gets in, and I, I don't remember what we were doing. We were digging a. It was like a eight thousand square foot basement. It was huge. So I was just like, just dig some holes. Like you, there's nothing you can screw up. We we weren't even close to our grade. Yeah. And uh, sure enough, I mean, you know, and you can, and I don't like this either. Like you could tell the first 10, 20 minutes, this kid was nervous. Like, oh, dude, like, why are you doing this to me? Everybody's just standing there watching, laughing, you know, pointing like, oh, yeah, what the yeah. fuck are you doing? And then like you walk away and kind of forget about it. And you turn around and you're like, oh, this kid's fucking just killing it over here. Like he's, yeah. I mean, he's doing he's it on his own time. Great. Yeah. Like, and putting people in those stressful situations, there's a lot of people who probably disagree with me on this. I think it's like, one of the it's the quickest way to find something out about somebody mm -hmm. you can learn a lot about somebody putting them in a stressful situation for 10 to 20 minutes if i got somebody hopping out of the machine after 15 minutes throwing his fucking hat on the ground kicking the dirt like oh fuck this like what the hell like nope. you know right away like okay next probably don't want him working for you or i um, mean even if you do they're gonna take a different type of training yeah, than yeah, somebody else would 
Yeah, yeah, I, I should. You shouldn't necessarily rule somebody out like that. They may just have issues that you know stem further back than that that you need to address prior to just throwing in a machine like that. Yep. Uh, but honestly, like bringing people out on a job site and just kind of throwing them, like throwing them in the fire and being like, "I'm gonna leave for two hours. I'll yep. bring you guys back some lunch. I got to go meet somebody. See what you get done." see what you can do i like and if like and trust me we've already you know i i I don't even want to go down the laundry list but we've already fucked up rental machines blown hoses spilt fuel on the back of the truck whatever blown tires like we do it it happens to everybody yeah i tell people that like i had one kid who i'm who I stuck in a skid series, never ran a skid. And I put him in at the entire job. I was like, dude, just figure it out. This is the perfect place for you. And he backed into a tree and it kind of put a dent through the cat, you know, the mesh on a, on a cat skid. Yeah. And the back put a hole right through it and busted the AC condenser unit. The kid was so fucking scared to call me, like would not call me. So I show up like the next day and I was like, what happened? He was like, dude, like, I am so sorry. I was like, dude, it's fine. Like, we're we're good like trust me if i would have been in that thing the fucking tree would be through the cap don't worry it would have been a lot worse (laughs) yeah like dude i get it shit happens like it's how you react and how you kind of adapt and overcome it i i'm i don't know maybe it's just like part of me i can like read people pretty well and be like okay like i i can see i i can see like you know how he's reacting how he's kind of handling that it's i don't know there's there's a lot about employees that a lot of people, and I've worked at places where that's common. Like you just get looked past, you know, whether you can't do something right there on the spot. I don't necessarily think that you should just be, you know, demoted. Yeah. Give some 10, 20, 30 minutes, like give them a day, give them two days, let them fuck something up. They'll never right. fuck up again. That kid will never put a hole through the back door of a skid again. I can right. be a lot more careful. Ever. And if he does, he's probably not the right guy for the job and he probably needs to move on to the next one. Cause that's just being, you know, that's being careless, being destructive, careless, yep. you know, that that's a whole nother topic, but uh, employees are, employees are fun. I think it's the hardest part of owning a business dude and keeping them happy is one thing I'm going to have to learn too. Cause right now, like I'm starting everybody out at 25 an hour. And I've also had people in the industry, like, dude, you're fucking crazy. Yeah. Like crazy for starting somebody out at 25 an hour. And it's like, if I don't, I feel like, and this is part of like me too, like, cause I was always that kid, like I want 25 bucks an hour and I'd have, you know, grown ass men look at me like, you're funny kid. Like, that's hilarious. Let's start with 18. When we're starting at like $12 an hour, you're like, no, we're 20. Yeah. So I, I don't know, maybe some, I'm sure that I'll get taken advantage of a lot, you know, from that sense, like, okay, like. You're going to have to monitor it. Right. I I feel like the employee side is tough because you can never make everybody happy. But what I've seen in just just the owning space in attracting these, you know, younger guys or people to come and work for you, they want to work for these younger companies. Right. They don't want to go work for these bigger municipalities because they see guys like you. They see guys like Taylor. They see guys, you know, just these younger business owners that understand like, hey, shit happens and they're not going to get nixed right away. And that's yeah. what they want to work for. They want, and like the one guy said, we got to grow this somehow. He sees the potential. And that's something I feel like has to be reiterated to the crew. Like, hey, I'm here to grow, but I need you to grow as well. And everyone's got to be on the same page. 
Yeah. Yeah. Is as long as everybody's on the same page, everybody has one goal in mind. And that's one thing again, like during the hiring process or my, I guess you could say my site interview process. Like that's the first thing I tell somebody on the phone. Like if you're not willing to grow with us, to fail with us and to make, and this probably isn't the right way to word it, but to make sacrifices for this company as a whole. And that I'm not asking you to make sacrifices for me. I'm not asking you to make sacrifices for D2 contracting. I'm asking you to make sacrifices for myself, D2 contracting and every single dude around you. Like we're trying to do one thing like this. This is, I'm not doing it. And I tell people this too. I'm not doing this for myself. And, you know, am I? Yes. Yes. But at the same time, I'm not like I, I've always been, you know, in team sports. I like just being around, you know, I, I just like the mentality. I think, I think you got to tell them like, Hey, you do have to sacrifice, right? Yeah. The the guys do need to sacrifice for the company. Cause if they don't, why are they there? Right. When I'm, when I'm looking to take people on, I want to see initiative. I want to see them busting their ass and showing like, Hey, I will sacrifice my time now to know that we're going to get somewhere in the future. That's how I see it. But then, um, fuck, I had a really good train of thought too. And I was on a roll and I got distracted. Um, you were, you you were talking about putting them in a stressful situation, right? Put that person in the stressful situation to see how they react. I, I think that is honestly key. I know I've done that a couple of times to where guys have come to me and they want something. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, I've got it noted up here, but I'm going to test you to see if that is something in your wheelhouse. Yeah. If you know, if it's not right now, let's learn how to get you there. But I want to see what type of capability you have. Yeah. No, it's yeah. There, there's a lot to it, but no. being able to read people and really understand, you know, stuff. human psychology is crazy. It's interesting. It's, 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 I mean, that's one of my stressors i know we talked about stressors but like keeping people happy is very stressful it's hard dude it's very tough in today's world when a lot of people feel like they're entitled to everything and i may be one of those fucks too like i think i'm entitled to the world but if you go at least you're trying to go get it yeah you're you're doing what you have to do to try to go get it if you uh if you can show that you're willing to work fucking circles around the dude next to you for something you're gonna go a lot farther you you deserve the world i mean there's really i don't know that's hard work goes a long way and it and it goes yeah amen to that brother yes sir hell yeah well well boys i think uh i think that's a wrap on the second interview with mr dylan here so the man i know on the last episode uh obviously it was a little different so last question would be like if anyone wants to reach out to you obviously like you're super open and honest about everything so like how should people reach out to you and like, how can they stay in touch with you? Um, honestly, the, the easiest way to reach out to me is via email. The problem with Instagram and I've noticed this and I'm really bad about it. The messages are so filtered. Like I don't, I don't see like a lot of the message requests and I feel bad. Sometimes I'll, I'll click on it and be like, Holy fuck. Like two weeks ago, it asked me this, or that guy asked me that, or, Dude, I've had fucking two girls in the industry message the account, which is crazy. I never ever get them in. Yeah, I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but (laughs) it's it's uh you know I I think email would be the best if you if you want me to see it because that's and you know this 
and I'm kind of fucking like kicking myself in the ass here because remember when we all first met, I think it was Luke E. Remember you were like, I want to abolish emails. Yeah, that was me. You were. I remember that conversation. I was like all about it. I was like, dude, fuck emails. Let's abolish them. Let's text. <laughs> and then I got here. You are like, no, only email me. I won't see if you call or text or fucking <laughs> getting hold on us. Email or that's it. Point, and now I get fucking 50 phone calls a day. And I'm like, yeah, don't call me. Yeah, just fucking email me. <laughs> like at the end of the day, I have like 30 missed texts. And I'm like, yeah, maybe don't text me either. Because I I'm for like. Both you know what? You don't talk to me. me. Yeah, <laughs> both of you guys have texted me, and or and I know it's the same. It goes, it's vice versa for you guys. Like you've texted me, and like a day later, I'm like, holy fuck, I never answered Luke. Yeah, like, and you get busy, and life happens, right? It it is what it is. But email, you got Instagram, you're on LinkedIn, TikTok yeah. is getting busy. Anything? Yeah. yeah, honestly, anything. I if if I really trusted all you guys out there, I'd put my phone number out there, but unfortunately, I don't. There's yeah, some weird people out there. Can't trust all the dirtbags. Sorry, yeah. guys. But, but uh, uh, yeah. I got a little secret. It's on my website. So just go search. Uh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, go give him a follow, Dylan. I mean, dude, thanks a, a ton. Like hour thanks and 20 time, minutes yeah. just flew by. So Luke and I, you know, we're pumped to have you on again for our first yeah. ever recurring guest. And uh, yeah, we appreciate you being on, man. I feel like I talked way too much. I, I am super That's grateful what... you guys had me on again. It's exciting I'm always willing to uh share information share my insight tell you about all my fuck-ups tell you about all my good things going on and everything yeah, else yeah. i mean i love oh, shooting nice. with you guys i had fun cheers boys oh yeah boys cheers we'll talk soon. Bud.